I started keeping notebooks around about the sixth grade. I think at first I was trying to emulate the kind of tween girl journal I thought I should have, marking the date and keeping a conversational tone, making illustrative doodles to supplement my entries. By high school, I started to use the same style notebook consistently, these small brown paper-covered spiral notebooks from Staples. For nearly eight years straight, I used them all through high school and college. I don't know how many I have in total, and most of them are at my parents' house. I wrote in them in class when I wasn't paying attention, when my mind wandered and needed an outlet for the wanderings, when I needed to plot out things I had to do or how I was going to spend my evening, or I wrote in them when I wanted someone to talk to but couldn't, or now that I think of it, I'd write in them even when I did have other people to talk to. If something happened in my day, I'd text my friends and write it down in the notebook, like it was another friend I wanted to keep in the loop. I usually carried two at a time. One was for straight uninterrupted journaling, and the other was used for anything else like note-taking or project planning. The journals had a mildly strict style guide. I only wrote in pencil and wrote in prose paragraphs indented in everything. The journals were the ones that received the pouring out of my internal monologue while in class. I've never really taken much time to think about what it might have done for my psyche back then. And I can't help but wonder what the correlation is between the way my brain works now and the fact that I've stopped. I've only got one of these notebooks on hand, and unfortunately it's one of my latest ones. I think probably the last of its kind. A lot of the lightheartedness that characterized my voice in earlier ones is swapped out for an often dismal unloading of thoughts I didn't want to share out loud for a multitude of reasons. A lot of it reads pretty melodramatic. It spans from March 4th, 2015 to December 8th, 2016, which could be described as a bad time that became a good time, stopping right before a very bad time began. A bulk of what made up these notebooks, honestly, is just constantly commenting on how close I was to falling asleep in class. The first uh, pages of this notebook are really strange. They're a lot deeper than the kinds of things I, re I think of when I remember these writing in these journals. I really wish I had the ones from high school. They were probably a lot funnier. I, st I started this one saying something about how I wanted this to be a notebook of getting better, but it's <laughs> like I definitely was not. This is a kind of lighthearted uh, paragraph. I'm a sweaty mess. We recorded three TBNLs in a row from 12 to 4. <laughs> That's a marathon. And then I made a lasagna roll-ups to put in the oven when I got home. And then I ran to class and I got two little dots of sauce on my white shirt. And I messed up one of my contacts, so I had to put my glasses on. Oof, bad day. My nails are a mess. My skin is a mess. It's all a mess. I'm feeling better. <laughs> what? Uh, September 16th, 2015, Wednesday. I have such a large question of how did I get here from point A to point B, point A being my tiny childhood bedroom in New Jersey in tears over the tenth of a television character, and point B being uh, the chair in a counselor's office fighting off the hostile tears threatening to... Oh, fuck you. Um, when I think of joy, I think of that moment at prom senior year. That's a little disgusting. But I was dancing with Will and Mario and Justin, and they'd point to me <laughs> up all night to get some. <laughs> the last hurrah, the last vibrant bit of everything I knew coming to an end. Familiarity. Home. It all conjures the idea of happiness. I'm actually thinking of readiness. <laughs> I don't even know what that means.
Oh, this is funny. <laughs> I used to have nightmares in which I was living in New York City in some awful, dirty, tiny room. I had, quote, friends I didn't recognize and everything felt like I didn't belong. That was a very obvious idea. I was sinking into this hungry, terrifying city and that's not where I wanted to be. For years, I felt like this is how I would feel if I ever had to live and work there. But then last spring, when I was contemplating every part of my situation where I was, what I was doing, who I I was with, I had a moment of clarity where I thought, there is nothing I want more than to get on a train and go to New York City and just be completely on my own. I was ready. Did I really need something terrible to drive me there? I'm never ready for anything else to change. Not ready to move, not ready to cut my hair, not ready to get a new computer. Why was that one so resolute? I simply knew it, for sure. October 6th, uh, 2015, Tuesday. It's an odd feeling when you can carry something so heavy and cumbersome it hurts and then you, <laughs> then you finally put it down and your body doesn't even know what to do. It's just propelled forward by the absence. Wobbly, lighter. That sounds figurative, but it's not. I just had to deal with so much smat equipment, my arms are still shaking. <laughs> Sicko. I have to finish TBNL! Ugh! Bob, Bob Dylan is a nightmare! It's not too bad, just a lot. I... <laughs> Mario, if you're listening to this, I just, I want to think that I wasn't meaning that your Bob Dylan impression was a nightmare. I think it probably was a sonic nightmare to listen to, but I, when I think of it now, I remember it being very funny, so <laughs> don't take that personally. And then, oh my, oh my god, this is awful. This is the kind of shit I'm looking for. This is, this is the kind of dumb bitch shit that I used to do. This is uh, October 7th, 2015, a Wednesday. This is the only thing I wrote this day. <laughs> I never contemplate the size of the ocean. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and then I went to London with this notebook, which is pretty wild. This took such a long span of time. I guess I was writing less than I used to. I used to go through these things like crazy. <laughs> I was writing on the plane. <laughs> I have the chance to be someone I haven't been for a few years, and I will take it. This is unlike anything I've ever done, and it will change everything. <laughs> it will- I will- uh, fuck off. I'm grasping at straws in lieu of a therapist, but it strikes me how much time I used to spend each day neatly laying down my thoughts in full sentences. Right out of college, I started working from home, so I no longer had that built-in class time when I could noodle around with my pencil while being lectured at. I also transitioned to bullet journals. In my spread each week, I leave room for freeform notes, but somewhere along the way I got out of the habit of sitting down and expounding like I once did. Nowadays, all those thoughts that used to get put down on paper are just swirling around up there like a perpetually shaken up bottle. Writing them out was kind of like setting the bottle down on the table. And it's as simple as that, obviously they were nothing novel. I used to have a dialogue with the page, but now it's just me talking to me up there, all my various parts arguing and grabbing the wheel and trying to keep me from speaking because if I talk through it, I might notice there's something off about their logic. Maybe it could be a worthwhile experiment to try to journal again. It's part of why I like this project so much. I spend all month grappling for ideas, so when I notice a loose hanging thread dangling about in my head, I force myself to grab it and see where it leads. I'd really like to grab some of those earlier notebooks, look back to earlier versions of my brain. I have a really complicated relationship with my past self. Maybe it would help clear the air. 
This has been day 11 of the February Project, a mini podcast where I make an audio piece of 10 minutes or less every day in the month of February.